Good morning and welcome to Midway. We are so thankful that you're here today. If you're a guest, we want you to know that you're welcome. We invite you to be with us every time that the doors are open. We want you to know that, that we appreciate you being here with us today at Midway. As we begin our lesson today, I want to ask you a question. What is your concept of Jesus? Now, I want you to think about that very carefully this morning. What is your concept of Jesus? Now, if you were to ask the larger Christian community, and we're going to put that in, in, in quotation marks this morning, but if you were to ask the larger Christian community about Jesus, you're probably going to get some of these answers. Number one, well, I recognize that Jesus is divine. And, of course, we've been talking about that past couple of lessons. We've talked about the fact that Jesus is eternal, and the only eternal thing, of course, is God, the divinity of God. And so... People will recognize that. Somebody else might say, well, you know, he died for me. I know that. And we hear that in sermons. and We appreciate that so, so very much. Were it not for his death, we'd have no hope of eternal life. Which brings us to the third thing that people will say. Well, I understand and I know that Jesus, through him, it's possible for me to have my sins forgiven. And much beyond that, folks don't know a whole lot about Jesus. Now, I'll have to admit to you this morning that when I was a young man or a young boy, when I started hearing about Jesus and songs like Jesus Loves Me, I, I learned some things. I didn't really all understand all of them about Jesus, but I knew that he was God, and I knew uh, that he died for people, and I knew that he made it possible for people to have our sins forgiven. But I want us to say this morning, and I want us to understand that that, that uh, when we come to know Jesus and understand more things about him, Knowing Him changes us, and that's really what life is all about, is it not? That's really what Jesus came to do, is to make some changes in people. And if the only things that we know about Jesus is that He's divine, that He died for me, and He made it possible for me to have forgiveness of sins, then, then I appreciate those things, and, and I, I, you know, I know a lot about Jesus from that, but if I don't know any more than that, then this morning I, I am missing out on a whole lot. I'm missing out on some things that will cause me to, uh, to better appreciate Him and to have a better relationship with Him and to have a, a relationship that is enhanced and, and cause me to, to be different and to think different in, in accordance with Him. You know, as we think about Jesus, there are a lot of things that we can learn about him, and we're going to be doing that throughout this year, but a lot of people thinking about Jesus, thinking about him being divine, thinking that maybe he was just sitting back in eternity somewhere and, and waiting on the time that it was, uh, was ready for him to come down to earth and, and to make his appearance on earth. Well, that's not the case at all. As you saw from the title of our lesson this morning, it, it's definitely not the case because the, the title of our lesson indicates this morning that Jesus was doing something. Now, if you were with us last Sunday morning, you know that we studied from the book of John, chapter 1. We looked at verses 1 through 3, or at least a part of verses 1 through 3, in which the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. But in verse number 3, the Bible says, All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. As we contemplate that third verse in John chapter number 1, we understand that Jesus is the creating Word. He wasn't just 
sitting back in eternity doing nothing. He is the creating Word. Now, let's stop for just a moment on that verse and think about it. The Bible talks about how that things were made through Him. Some translations may say created through Him, but they were made through Him, and not anything was made that was made. The word translated made here means to come into existence, to be created, to exist by creation. And so as the New American Standard Bible puts it, and for us to understand it in great detail, it's sort of like this. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And so things came, things were created, things came into being through Him. But there's something else about that verb that's translated made through Him or created or came into being through Him. And it indicates to us, if we were to look at it in the original language, that, that this action that was done was done as a fact and that it was emphasizing an occurrence in past time that was a single event. A single event. And so when we read in the book of Genesis chapter 1 at verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it, it, it didn't take place over billions of years and one thing turned into another thing and a different thing into something else. It was a single event. Now we understand from Genesis chapter 1 that there were six days involved in the creative process. We know that. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But we also know that God did that through the Word. Through the Word. Not just any Word, but His Word his words as well. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, and he puts the deeps in uh, storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it st stood firm. And so as we look at it again, the creation. But who was the Word as we talked about last week? Last week the Word is identified as Jesus who came to, to be flesh among us. Jesus is the creating Word. Now, having said all of that, notice back in Genesis chapter 1 at verse 3. Uh, several times, beginning there in verse 3, God said... Verse 6, God said. Verse 9, God said. Verse 11, God said. Verse 14, God said. Verse 20 and verse 24, God said. And when God said, what happened? Whatever it was He said, happened. He brought everything into existence. That's Jesus. But notice again, as you think about it in John chapter 1 at verse 3, all things. In the original, there's no word for things. And so literally, all came into existence. All. All came into existence way back there. Now, let's just take a moment and pause. And let's think about the all. I know you've done this exercise in different ways before. 
But I like the way this one was done by a man by the name of John MacArthur. He said, if you could bore a hole in the sun big enough to put the earth through that hole and start dumping earth into the hole that you drill in the sun, you could put 1,200,000 earths in the sun and still have room for 4,300,000 moons. That's pretty big, isn't it? But you know what? That's not the biggest star. That's not the biggest uh, creation that he made in that way. You see, Alpha Centauri, the nearest star, is five times bigger than the sun, our sun. And if you were to go way on out into the space, you would come to a star that's named Betelgeuse. Not the, not, the, not the movie Betelgeuse with Michael, whatever his name is in there, but the star named Betelgeuse. And that star itself is big enough to put the Earth's rotation around the sun inside it. Who made it? Jesus did. Jesus did. You know what? I was taught in school when I was growing up that light travels at 186,000 miles per second. If we were to be able to get up to speed just like that, we could be on the moon in about one and a half seconds. You know, that's before we can even start thinking about where we're going. We can already be there. And you know what? If we, if we decided that we wanted to travel to the forest planet in our solar system, which is Pluto, that is some three, almost three and a half billion miles away. It'd take us a little while to get there. Going at the, uh, the speed of light, it would take us uh, about two and a half weeks or two and three quarter weeks to get there. Uh, that's a long travel at three billion miles. But when we go back to Betelgeuse a minute ago that we mentioned, it's, it's uh, a little farther than that, away from, from our solar system, from us. It is 880 quadrillion miles. Who made it? Jesus did. You know what? When we start thinking about the vastness of the universe, and, and we think about how big it is, we ought to be amazed because Jesus spoke and it happened. But you know what? Let's go back to our original point. When we're thinking about the creation and the one who created it, the Bible says that all things came <coughs> into existence by Him. All things were brought or all was brought by Him. When I was in school, y'all think that was a long time ago. Some of you think that was a long, long time ago. And it was. But when I was in school, they taught me that one of the smallest basic units of matter is called an atom. And, and, and you know what? I decided I'd look up and see how big an atom was. Now, I don't recommend you do this right now. But the next time one of the hairs, some people can't do this. But the next time you have a hair fall out of your head, look at it for a moment. And, and I want you to understand how big an atom is because the width, not the length, but the width of that hair, you could put one million atoms across it. And who made them? God did. But while I was in school, 
I learned that there were some things that go in to make up atoms, and they're called protons, neutrons, and electrons. And, and, and you know what? Some atoms have more of these than others, and so, you know, you, you think about, hey, that's atoms are the smallest things, but then you get to the protons and the neutrons and the electrons, and, and, and it might have been a long, long time ago when I was in school, because we pretty much stopped there. We had protons, neutrons, and electrons, but since then, you know what we've learned? There are some things that are smaller. Matter of fact, to make up a proton or a neutron, it takes three quarks. Some, two of them have a positive charge in one, and two have a negative charge in one. But there are three quarks. I mean, to go into the three things that make up an atom that you can put one million on the width of your hair. And who made them? Jesus did. In John chapter 1 at verse number 3 again, without Him was not anything made that was made. Every individual thing owes His existence to the Word. From the largest star, from the farthest part of the universe to the smallest particle that we can imagine, they came into existence by Jesus. You see, that's who we're studying this year. We wish to see Jesus, and we're looking at Him now. He is indeed our Creator. In the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 36, the Bible says, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. In the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, the Bible says, He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth and visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And we've talked about already today the fact that Jesus created those large things that are in our universe and those small things that are in our universe. But here, Paul names three categories of things that Jesus created. Did you catch what he said that Jesus created? As you look at Colossians chapter 1, the three things, he says, He created all things in heaven and on earth. He said that there were thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. And then he said things that were visible and invisible. Let's go back. Now, we understand the things in heaven and, uh, and on earth. We, we talked about, you know, those stars and, and all of those things. We talked about atoms and all of those things. But, but what about the other thing that he mentions that we know here on earth? The thrones and the dominions and the authorities that he says. You see, even governmental authorities owe their origin to the creative genius of Jesus. It was God who planned for man to have a governing system so that we would be able to get along down here. And God put things in place according to the book of Romans chapter 13 and says that we're to be in subjection to these governing authorities. And He says there that the governing authority has, has some things that it is to do. It is to carry out God's vengeance on those who have done wrong. 
And if we had time this morning, we could go into great detail in regard to that. But what I want us to understand this morning is that this was, was due to the creative genius of Jesus. And no wonder then, when we go to the book of Romans chapter 13... And we read that passage in verses 1 through 5, that when we come to verse 2, the Bible says, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resist what God has appointed. Through the creative genius of Jesus, through God, all of these things came into existence as well. You say, well, you know, there are some bad, bad, corrupt ruling authorities. Yes, God used some of them in times past to accomplish His will. Babylon, Rome, and so many others throughout history, God has used. It was God who has, uh, and through the creative genius of Jesus, these things are are put together, and they're here for you and for me. In the book of Daniel, chapter 4, verse 32, you're well aware of the Bible when it says, "...and you shall be driven from among men." You see, God is talking to a man by the name, a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. You'll be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whom He will. You see, it's because God, Jesus, is the creator even of the governing bodies that He still rules them. You know, one of the things that is dividing our country are national leaders. And we become quite upset because so many are ungodly, as we should be. But when we think about it, no matter what, these are still in the hand of God. Because He is the Creator, even of these things. Evil rulers are allowed to control the reins of government sometimes, but that doesn't mean that God has the lack of power to overcome them or even to determine the nation's path and their leaders. But as God used others in the past, He can continue to use those today. You see, when we're talking about Jesus as the Creator, one of the things that comes to our mind, probably the thing that comes to the forefront, is the sun, the moon, the stars, space. And then if we really think about it, we can think about the small things. But in the creative process and in the creative genius of Jesus, even the government authorities were brought into existence. At least the idea, the concept was brought in. But you know what? Paul says there are three things. Three categories. Number one, heaven and earth. Number two, we've looked at for just briefly this morning the idea, the concept of the governing authorities. But notice that he also says there in the book of Colossians that those things that are visible and invisible. Again, we understand the visible the things that we can see and observe. That's what he's talking about by being the visible. Some things are 
so far away, such as planets, that we have a hard time seeing them. But you know what? As technology improves, we're able to see more and more even out in space. And, and some things were unknown uh, even just a few years ago because they're so small. But because of technology, we've been able to, to, to at least begin to see some of those minute things that are so minuscule that a million of them will fit across your hair. One of them. And yet we can see them. But what about those things that are invisible? I've never seen an angel. People in Bible times, they were allowed at, at times to see them. Words, the word translated invisible is used five times in the Bible, in the New Testament. Romans 1.20, Colossians 1.15 and 16, 1 Timothy 1.17, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. Four out of the five times the word invisible refers to God or Jesus, particularly the Spirit of God or Jesus. Now, we've already established in our studies that Jesus was not created. He is the Creator. So then, to what does Paul refer? In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. When God created man after His image and after His likeness, not only did he give him a physical body, but what was inside man was created by God. That soul, that spirit that we do not see, that invisible thing that inhabits each one of us, that when it leaves this body, our body is considered dead. It was created. In the book of Zechariah, in the Old Testament, chapter 12, at verse 1, the oracle of the word of the Lord concerning Israel, thus declares the Lord who stretched out the heavens and founded the earth. That's the same things. And formed the spirit of man within him. God created that part of us that we can't see, that invisible part. And, and so, He created the visible, but He also created the invisible. You see, God didn't just create the physical things. He created the spiritual you. He created the spiritual you. Now, I hope you'll, I hope you'll grasp that. He created the world. He created the animals. He created man, you know, and gave us a body, but He created the inside as well, the Spirit. Now, what difference does it make? Here is the difference. Jesus, God, created His creation for Himself. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where it really gets important to you and me. He created the creation for Himself. Go back to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. We've already read verses 15 through 17, but focus on verse 16. 
For by Him all things were created. By the way, that's the same wording that's used in the book of John that came into existence. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. Don't miss that last part. Created through Him and for Him. That's not the only passage in the New Testament that teaches that. In the book of Romans chapter 11 at verse 36, we mentioned this passage earlier. For from Him and through Him, and the English Standard Version says to Him are all things. But guess what? It's the same word that's used back here in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It's the word ice which means for. For Him. For, again, from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 16, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all are all things, and through whom we exist. You know what? The person who builds a house has the right by virtue of ownership in order to use that house for his or her best interest, does he not? I mean, if it's your house, you use it for what you want. But the universe was built by the Creator to be His own property. And the earth was made by the Son of God to be a place where He would become incarnate, to display His majesty and exhibit the wonders of God including His redeeming love. In Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 19 and going through verse 23, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man." and birds, and animals, and creeping things. Did you catch all of that? From the creation, God has been known. But man has turned his back on God because he thought he was smarter than God. You see, there are still people today, not all folks acknowledge the power and the supremacy of God manifest in His creative power. And according to the book of Romans chapter number 1, God was not pleased with those folks that are mentioned there. He gave them up to waller in their own mire. Or should we say wallow if we want to be correct in our pronunciation 
But if you're in Alabama, it's waller in your own mire. Because they forgot the Creator. If the creation was made by Jesus and for Jesus, that means something to you and me. We better not forget it. Of course, that's number one on our list. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 and 12, 10 through 12. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then each one of us will give account of himself to God. As I live, says the Lord. Why would we bow our knee to Him? Why? He is our Creator. Isaiah 45, verse 23, By myself I have sworn... From my mouth has gone out the righteousness, a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. That's where Paul got that passage that he wrote in the book of Romans chapter 14. I said just a moment ago, why should we bow? Well, if you go back to Isaiah 45 verse 23 where you got the passage, if you back up about three or four verses to verse number 18, here is what you find. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who formed the earth and made it, He established it, He did not create it empty, He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. Why do we bow our knee? He is our Creator. And He has a right to have us bow before Him because He created us for Himself. You see, when we think about the creation, it's not just all of these things that we can look up and see. It's everything that came into being through Christ, even the governmental powers, even my soul and yours. God owns every part of it. God is in control of every part of it. And we need to humbly submit to Him. There are still people who will not do that. But you and I know that we must do just that. As we close our lesson this morning, have you ever struggled to remain faithful to God? You know, things seem to be going well for everyone except you. And they may even be the vilest of sinners. Things still seem to be going well for them. And it may be that you just want to throw up your hands and say, what's the use? How do you get through it? How? Our scripture reading this morning was not just some detached scripture reading that we pulled out of thin air. I hope you listened to Jairus as he read it. 
In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 15, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer, as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in the name, in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. If it begins at us, what shall be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what shall become of the ungodly and sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will, to God's will. Now that's who he's talked about earlier there. Not as, a, not as an evildoer, but, but striving to be a Christian and still going through all of it and letting it be so hard. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to who? If you've opened up your Bible, you know who. And now you know why. Let them entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Good friend, if God, Jesus, has the power to create every single thing, He has the power to strengthen you. You're not alone. We're studying Jesus as the Creator. Jesus did all of this, but Jesus can help get you through everything that you go through. Why? He's not just a Creator, He is a faithful Creator. And He looks out for you. I don't know about you, but when I learn about Jesus being the Creator, and I understand there's a reason that I can look to Him and trust Him and understand that He can, no matter what it is, that He can, that strengthens me. That changes me. That helps my relationship to Him. We're not talking about random things in regard to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're talking about things that are important to every single one of us who strive to live as a Christian. So I hope you remember that. It may be today that you've never bowed your knee to the Creator of the universe by becoming one of His children, one of His brothers, if you will, in regard to Jesus. You need to do that this very day by putting Him on in baptism. It may be that in the past you've done uh, that, and yet you have become weak and tried to get things done on your own. Remember, you've got a faithful Creator. If you need to come back to Him or come to Him this morning, why don't you come as together we stand?